Sports Channel 8, the radio show. We're about to open up Sports Channel 8, the guest line. We're pumping back with a little ninth wonder. BG, that is free to thump. Mm-hmm. Am Correct. I saying that right? I think so, yeah. BG picking that tune. We pick all tunes with North Carolina ties. So a lot of ninth wonder. We'll hear some merge records today. Maybe some other old school tunes. A guy who's a little old school himself, an old soul, and a new coach in the ACC. He is Pittsburgh head coach Jeff Capel. Coach, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Hey, thanks so much for joining us on a morning show. And I got to ask you, is it weird to be doing interviews again after you got sidelined? You know, you do the interviews a lot for Coach K, but then you get sidelined during March Madness. He does his own halftime <laughs> interviews. Is it weird to be doing interviews again? And will you be doing them as a head coach at Pitt? Uh, it's not weird. I mean, I've kind of gotten used to it. I did, you know, radio when I was here some, uh, you know, the fear being Durham. Um, and uh, obviously with taking over, you know, a program at Pitt, I've been on the radio a lot up there. So it's it's not uh, anything that's new to me. And I will be doing all the sideline stuff or halftime or after games or whatever they want me to do at Pitt, whatever I – I need to do for our program, I'm most certainly going to do. Hey, Jeff, this is Ben Swain. Uh, good to be talking to you again. You, you mentioned doing a lot of radio up in up in Pittsburgh. How involved was former sports information director at Duke, Matt Plisga? How involved was he in bringing you to Pitt? Was that, was that an easy sell, having a guy up there that you already knew and were comfortable with? Well, first of all, Ben, what's up? Always great to talk to you. Uh, appreciate all the support over the years. Uh, it was important for me to have Pliz up there. Um, obviously a face that I'm familiar with, a person that I know, someone that I trust. Uh, now, I wouldn't say that played a factor <laughs> into me taking the job. In fact, I didn't really talk to Cliz that much um, as this whole process went on because I just wanted it to be clear. I wanted, you know, I one of the things I've learned over the years uh you know, even before I came back to Duke, when I was at VCU, when I dealt with situations, when I was jobs there, when I was at Oklahoma, when I was involved in certain jobs there, is is there are a lot of people that have opinions, um, you know, but the opinion that counts the most is yours. And so I really tried to just listen to myself, and and I didn't want any you know outside influences uh, to try to to try to tell me what I should be doing. What did you hear yourself say that told you to go to Pitt? You know, to be honest with you, I think what it came down to, I knew that I had great interest in the job. I I knew that it's ACC, it's East Coast. uh, There's tradition there. You know, as I studied it a little bit more, I learned that it was a really good school. Um, You know, academically, obviously, it's in a great city. I think initially my hang-up was, and this is just being completely honest, I'm not sure if I've told anyone this, the only person that knew this is my wife, was you know, it's, it's, it's been a really long year for me personally, me and my family, with the death of my father. Um, and then, you know, in, in, uh, in February, you know, my grandfather passed away. And so, or early March, I should say. And so it, it's just been a really long, emotional draining year for me and I think my hesitation initially wasn't I'm not saying it was a hesitation but the only hang-up was you know do I have the energy that is necessary that this job deserves and that's I, I just wanted to make sure of that because I knew that it's a major rebuild I knew 
you know, a little bit of what I was walking into and I wanted to make sure I had the energy necessary. And once I realized that I would have that, um, then it was a no brainer. And one of the things that's very interesting is that the job has actually energized me. You know, I don't know if it's just adrenaline right now or what, uh, but the job has really, really energized me and going in and the people and the excitement and uh, getting to know the players and all those things has been very energizing. I don't know what it's like having lost a father. I've lost a grandfather, but especially you having followed in his profession, I can imagine there could also be some comfort sort of being in the coaching. And, and if you feel you are in the right place, having that be part of a healing thing. Speaking of energy, Coach, you obviously learned with and worked with a guy who's famous for keeping a high level of energy, even at a late age, in Mike Krzyzewski. I know you'll learn a lot of things from him. We're interested in having a little more fun here at Sports Channel 8, so I want some good stories about Coach K. Specifically, I want to ask you, you guys have worked with a lot of pro players together, both at Duke, guys that went on to play in the pros that are doing great things now, and with the NBA team that I know you guys helped out with. Really, it was with the coach, national team. With the, excuse yeah. me, with the, with, the, with the national team. The, uh, I know it was Coach K, but really you, your whole coaching staff was part of it. Can you give me a time that Coach K got up into somebody that's currently in the NBA that, you know, if, if he made him cry even better, and you don't have to tell me who it was, but if you could tell us who it was, even better. But how about a time, maybe even recently, where Coach K really got into somebody who now everyone would think of as a big-time NBA player? You know, one of the things about that is that he didn't really, honestly, and this is like those guys are professional. You don't really have to get into them like that. You know, that's their job. That's what they do. And so, for the most part, they keep it professional. Now, there's certain standards that, you know, we had, um, you know, without, you know, throughout USA basketball, and one of which is, is, you know, when you're talking to look each other in the eye. And there was a moment, and I think this was 2014, um, when we were in the World Cup, where there was one guy in a meeting. And this, you know, we hadn't been playing well. And so everyone was like a little bit, when I say everyone, the coaching staff was a little bit on edge. And, uh, you know, we go into a meeting, and there's one guy in particular that's, as coach is talking, that's not looking. And he just let him know immediately, like, hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. You know, and he called him by his name and and things like that. And, you know, like, is there a problem? Uh, and, and so that was really in, in the two events that I was involved in, the World Championships or the World Cup, um, and then the Olympics in 2016, that was really the only time there was a situation like that. Jeff, you mentioned how many NBA guys you've worked with, and obviously a lot of them have gone through Duke. There's a lot of talk around here about one-and-dones, and specifically about fans and media not really having a chance to get to know these guys when they come through because they're here for such a short period of time. Is there any difference for a coach feeling uh, pride in seeing like a Jason Tatum who started from day one versus what Quinn Cook is going through right now, finally getting a, a shot at, at a full-time contract with the Golden State Warriors, and he's going to play in the postseason. As a coach, do you feel any kind of different level of pride in those two situations compared? No, I mean, you know, as a coach, you don't, because you care about each kid the same. Um, and, you know, it just depends on, you know, the relationship. I mean, obviously, we had four years at Duke to coach Quinn, and so you did get to know him more. You got to wa- watch him walk through his journey and grow and mature and things like that. You know, with Jason, when we recruited him, we knew he was going to be a one-year guy. 
And so you, know, you speed up the process with that, but it's not like when they leave, you, you don't have a relationship. I mean, I'm, I know Coach still reaches out to Jason. I know that I reach out to Jason. I know John does, um, John Sire. Uh, and you stay in touch, and that relationship, you know, still goes on just like we do with Quinn. And so, again, you know, I, I, I think one of the things is sometimes fans don't adjust. And I get it. I understand you want to go back to the days of maybe, a, you know, a Grant Hill for four years or a Leitner and things like that. But as a coach and as a coaching staff and as coaches, you have to understand, man, the climate has changed. And, you know, if you want to try to get the best players, then, you know, you, you have to live with at times that those guys have the opportunity, which they should have, to leave after one year. And so you try to enjoy them. You try to get to know them as much as you possibly can. One of the things with Jason that made it, you know, and, and using him as an example, you know, Jason, you know, Jason committed to us as a junior. And so we felt like we knew him then. I mean, you know, with a guy like Harry Giles, although he didn't play much, I mean, hell, Harry was up at Duke, you know, like every weekend, <laughs> um, you know, like during his four years of high school. So we felt very good about getting to know him. And so these guys that we've had, these have been relationships as a coaching staff that we've had for a while. It's different for a fan because as a fan, you only, you know, really know them for a year. And so I can understand their uh maybe sometimes their frustration uh coach this is brian geisinger uh you don't know me but thank you for for joining the show on saturday we really appreciate it um we know you're a big triangle music fan so if you were to recruit one jamla record artist to come play for you at Pitt, who's the first who's the first musician you're trying to bring up with you is it ninth wonder is it rhapsody mm. who's the first person you want to sign up at Pitt if you if you were starting a squad <laughs> well it, it would probably be ninth just okay. because Ninth is, uh, you know, he's the guy behind Jamla. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy that put it together. And so the leadership with that and, you know, the overall talent of everything, of, of uh, producing, of leading, uh, you know, of, of, of finding artists. So he would be a guy that could help me, like, evaluate talent. He's done an amazing job mm-hmm. with that. Uh, but if we go off pure hip-hop lyrical stuff, then it's definitely rap. Rap is a beast. Um, I'm really, really, really happy for her. I, I saw it when I first came back here. I met her um, over in the studio one night, and you saw it. I remember night saying, "Like, yo, I'm telling you, she's gonna, she's gonna be the next one." And so to see it over seven years, and to finally, you know, with this album and up for a Grammy nomination, uh, it, it's been really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Coach, uh, on the transition into Pitt, we did our crack research staff put some stats together, and we found out that in your years on the bench, I'm not sure how they count them, you know, with Coach K being out, but we counted with you being the head coach, you won five ACC games. Your predecessor at Pitt won four ACC games, Kevin Stallings. We won't talk too much about him specifically, but we were curious just in general, like when you take over a new job, like how does the new coach leave the office? Like, did he leave it clean? <laughs> like, well, how, how did he leave? I don't know what he did, but when I got there, it was clean. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, yeah, the, the crew came in and cleaned that out. <laughs> yeah, that, that, absolutely. All right, so when I got there, it was spick and span. <laughs> I got, guess they got you welcome for it. All right, and speaking of things that, that he left behind, I think we heard before you were hired, there was talk of a lot of guys, I think almost everyone on their squad, re- requesting uh, release. And obviously transfers becoming a bigger thing. Folks are doing that more and more, exploring their options. What was your first move to the guys on the team when you took the job? Well, I met with them, uh, you know, as a group before the press conference. 
And, you know, one of the things that was a good sign, I thought, was that everyone was there. All of them were there. Um, (laughs) And then after the press conference, a little bit later that afternoon, uh, I started meeting with guys individually. You know, I brought them in my office with one. We sat in the gym with another. Um, But just, you know, trying to get to know them, trying to get them to know me. And so trying to build a relationship, trying to cultivate a relationship and hoping that will uh, lead to them wanting to stay. Now, since I've been there, I think we've had, I think it was eight of them that it requested. I think we have four that have said they're going to stay. One said yesterday that he's going to go ahead and transfer. So there are three more. And so hopefully we're able to to keep these three. Hopefully they want to be a part of, of what we're building there and, uh, uh, you know, be, be be really good players for us next year. He is the Pittsburgh coach, Jeff Capel. We lost him from the triangle, but we keep him in the ACC, which means he comes back to the triangle multiple times a year. We will see you and look forward to talking to you some more. Um, coach, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future. Appreciate you having me, guys. Thanks so much.